show you around imaginary places. Put the money lumps in my bloody stump. Edible, have a spot in the perfect circle. Hi there, I'm Caitlin Daly Gonzalez, Education Director for the New Haven Symphony Orchestra, and you're listening to Listen Up, the podcast series that shows you how to get more out of the music you love. On each episode this season, we're taking a deeper look at how emotions are expressed in music. In this episode, we're looking at something that's not quite an emotion. It's more like an emotional experience. Let me see if you can guess what it is. Take a listen to this piece of music written by Austrian composer Franz Schubert. The words are in German, so if you speak German, uh, just pretend you don't for a second. In this 30-second clip, you'll hear the end of one section of music and the beginning of another. Listen carefully to the piano part. You'll notice that the piano plays like an accompanying instrument in the first part. How would you describe it in the second part? Any guesses? Here's another clue. Take a listen to this song sung by Enya. The lyrics are in a totally made-up artistic language that her longtime recording and business partner, Irish poet and lyricist Roma Ryan, created, called Loxian. The music is supposed to showcase the same emotional experience as our Schubert example. Your final guess? You totally got that both of those are depicting rivers, right? Right? Well, you guessed it, or maybe you didn't. But on today's episode, we're talking about nature. Our Schubert example was from a song cycle called Die Schöne Müllerin, or the fair maid of the mill in English. FYI, a song cycle is like a concept album. It's a group of songs that tell one long story. In this story, the main character is sitting by a brook and asking himself if the local miller's daughter loves him. Because, spoiler alert, he loves her. Since he followed the brook to this town, he thinks that the brook knows everything. Sounds like the promising beginning of a very stable relationship. In the Enya song, the Loxian lyrics say, The river holds the lost road of the sky, the shape of eternity. Who knows the way it is? Who knows what time will not tell us? Beyond the lyrics, how did each of these writers create a sound world that makes us feel that we are in nature? What does the music sound like? Let's listen again with the two pieces back to back. I'll start Schubert's right on the beginning of the section about the brook. Oh, 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 oh,
them have a constant streaming of notes, like water that runs and babbles along. It's constant, and it's constant in two ways, the speed of the progression of one note to the next, as well as the pattern of notes. Both are repeated at a steady clip. That's about as close as you can get to musically portraying running water. This idea of a constant flow of rhythm and patterns of notes can be heard in Vivaldi's Four Seasons, Joni Mitchell's River. Gonna make a lot of money, then I'm gonna quit this crazy scene. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. I wish I had a river so long I would teach my feet to and the kinks sitting by the riverside. There are pieces of music everywhere that depict the actual sounds of nature. For example, Inuit throat singing, or katajug, is usually performed by two women who hold and face each other while performing. It's sort of a competition between the two. Who can outlast the other one? The loser either runs out of breath or laughs before the winner. In this clip, you'll hear mother and daughter pair Karen and Kathy Kettler performing Mosquito Song, and it mimics the buzz of the mosquitoes. <laughs> flying entities, lots of Western classical composers have obsessed over capturing bird calls in their music. French composer Olivier Messiaen has a whole movement in his quartet for the end of time devoted to birds. And there are records of Czech composer Antonin Dvorak literally running around after birds to try and capture their song in musical notation. I bet those guys were super fun at parties. The musical commonalities of these songs about flying things are pretty easy to hear. Lots of disjunct melodic movement with notes jumping around all over the place, which resembles a bird or a mosquito in flight. Now let's fly over, pun intended, to my favorite composer, 
Ludwig van Beethoven. Here's his infamous depiction of Moonlight from his 14th Piano Sonata, a.k.a. the Moonlight Sonata. moment about what Beethoven does to make this music sound like velvety silver moonlight. The type of harmony, the steady patterns of notes, the repetition of sections, it all paints a very lovely picture that is often used in movies and TV as background music for nighttime scenes. But did you know that there were two other movements or sections to this piece? Fast forward like eight minutes to the third movement, and then this is what Beethoven has to say about moonlight. This is a very different interpretation of Moonlight, and it got me thinking, just like Beethoven always does. In music, composers and musicians not only capture the literal sounds of nature, they're also capturing how they're feeling internally when they're in nature or by it. We have an emotional attachment to nature. It affects us all on different levels, and music is a powerful way to capture both the literal and emotional elements of those experiences. Think of scary movies where the angry serial killer is on the loose during a thunderstorm at night, or a girl going through a breakup crying while driving her car down a moonlit path, or a calm moonlit path in a quiet forest. These could all be the same physical moon, but our emotional relationship to the moon changes, and this is what music has the power to express. In other cultures, music is used to summon elements of nature that will help or guide them. In the Balkans, an annual harvest festival called Dodo La, a young girl wears a skirt of vines and branches and walks through the village. Her neighbors sprinkle water on her to symbolize the rain that the village needs to help crops grow. While she's walking through the town, this traditional song is sung by people walking behind her. The lyrics are talking about crossing a field to get to the cloudy sky that will bring dewy rain down to help all of their crops grow. Numerous indigenous American tribes also have songs and dances that give thanks to nature in their traditions too. The Zuni tribe from the southwestern part of the United States holds a harvest festival at the end of summer to celebrate the growing season as a community. Due to the coronavirus, in 2020 they celebrated virtually and have given us permission to share a brief clip of their online celebration. Take a listen. There are several other festivals throughout the year in the Zuni culture, but not all are open to the public. If you are ever invited to attend one, be sure to realize that these are religious songs and dances, so photography and video are generally not allowed. Just be present and open to the experience of celebrating and giving thanks to all that nature has to offer. In both of these examples, there is nothing musically in common. 
Rather, it's the lyrics that put them in the same category, focusing on asking for rain to keep everyone alive and well in the village. So far, we've heard music that is inspired by the feelings we get from nature, like moonlight or sitting by the river, music that resembles nature, like bird songs or mosquitoes, and music that needs something from nature, like songs and dances hoping to bring rain down on much-needed crops. I think that there's one last category worth looking into, music that comes from nature itself. Composer Mason Bates opens the first movement of his piece, Liquid Interface, with actual recordings of a glacier calving or splitting open. Pauline Oliveros recorded her albums Deep Listening and The Ready-Made Boomerang in an underground cistern in Washington State. She and her band dropped things into the cistern, took instruments like a trombone down into it, and recorded echoes that they made. In some of the pieces on the albums, sounds were combined together into a sort of echoey, new-agey type of meditative state, while in other pieces, you can hear the items being dropped and their echoes are the music. Take a listen to a track from The Ready-Made Boomerang called CCCC, which stands for Cistern Chapel Chance Chance. It's essentially a smearing of echoes that they recorded. So I think it's fair to say that music based on and in nature is just as diverse as nature itself. To play us out, let's listen to a part of John Luther Adams's piece of music called Inuksuit, which is an Inuit word that describes a rock formation built by the Inuit to orient themselves in vast landscapes. The piece is meant to be played by anywhere from 9 to 99 musicians all spread outdoors in a humongous area with multiple types of percussive instruments. Audience members can walk amongst the performers and hear the piece through different vantage points. The coolest part? No two performances will ever sound the same, much like any aspect of nature itself. Listen Up is produced by the New Haven Symphony Orchestra and hosted by me, NHSO Education Director Caitlin Daly-Gonzalez. Season 3 of Listen Up is sponsored by Frontier Communications. Our producer is Katie Bonner-Russo. Our recording engineer and editor is Keith Stryavy. Our research assistant is Dr. Sasha Peiser. To learn more about the New Haven Symphony Orchestra's concerts and award-winning education programs, including free quizzes for teachers to use with this podcast, visit newhavensymphony.org.